Warning, explicit nerd-centric material. No, not like that. Cursing. Goddamn degenerates. Welcome back to another episode of Stay a While and Listen. Uh, I'm Brian, and of course I'm joined by Candace. Uh-huh. And Matt. Yeah, I know. And uh, this week we'll be talking about props, uh, extended a little bit from last week's music episode. Uh, expect us to troll around the tabletop hobby a lot, because I can't think how we're going to use props in video games. <laughs> Without being kicked out of an arcade? You can't. I've tried. Well, I mean... You do have the original Nintendo gun that makes that really great fatang noise every time that you shoot it. Zapper. Yes. Yes. You know, I pity the people that had the bright-ass orange one instead of the actual cool gray one because parents were like, it looks too realistic. If, you know what? If your complaint is, is that gun look too realistic? What? Are you being invaded by space people? Evidently. <laughs> like, I don't know what the 80s was doing when they were making firearms, but uh, last time I checked, they didn't look like that. Way more cool, apparently. Anyway, <laughs> tabletop. I, there are people that have made custom guns to look like the Zapper. Yeah, but that's years after... The fact. I, I know. And I'm pretty sure those <laughs> were the children. Those are now the adults that were children that grew up with, with their mom zapper. saying that they couldn't have the real zapper. Exactly. <laughs> I'll, show like, I'll show you, mom. <laughs> now my 1911 looks like a zapper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but if you get broken into and you start doing the Mario song, that's on you. <sighs> so, um, props in gaming. Well, I mean, yeah, you, you you have different segments of this. Like, there's things like all the way from having players dress up or the GM dress up to having a combat map and miniatures. Yeah, just even just a combat map that's drawn out hastily oh, on a yeah. sheet of paper. And that can make the world a difference, too, because especially if you have a newer group and visualizing combat, because in a lot of the rules, it's going to tell you certain distances that you have to be for effectiveness of a spell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. D&D and, is famous for having 30 feet, 40 feet, yeah. and just the gridded maps really help with that instead of like, well, I move up 30 feet and I punch it, and the DM's like, you're not there yet, and they're like, well, how much farther? Mm-hmm. Can't tell you. Yeah, because... Alright, asshole. I'll, I'll use this one as an omission for me. Whenever playing in D&D or a game like that, I don't keep good track of where everything is in the room or what it looks like. And there's an element of strategy that's lost on me because I'm one of the kind of players that will revert to, I, I hit it with this. Can, Are you close I enough? I, I get closer till I can hit it with this. Yeah. You know, and... I hit it with a chair. There's no chairs in here. You're I in brought my own. <laughs> I brought just a fold-up chair. <laughs> Listen here, Mick Foley. <laughs> <laughs> it's a barbarian that walks around with a folding chair on its back. If I had a barbarian that walked around with a folding chair on its back, I'd either have him talk like the Ultimate Warrior or Mick Foley. Ran, uh, macho Man Randy oh my, Savage. Oh my yeah, god, Macho yes. Man Randy Savage, yes. Now I want to make a bonk that's, that's Macho Man Randy Savage. And the best thing about and, it you know, would be... A bonk is, of course, a barbarian monk. Well, and the best thing about it would be is you should have, like, 
a counter to that character somewhere in the universe that they're in that's a villain who just plays a heel. Like, you know, the Iron Sheik or <laughs> something dumb like that. Hollywood and, Hogan. Yeah, and they they meet in the, they meet in a town, and it's just like watching one of their promo videos of just bad trash-talking each other. They they come into the... We yeah. meet again, brother! <laughs> <laughs> like, this is just like an entire role-playing session of them in the tavern. You have to roll constitution to see who gets the last word. Who doesn't pass out. <laughs> this needs I want to do that now. Like, it's not even, like, contiguous with the story. It's just a the, muscular dude wandering around sees another muscular dude in strange fur speedo across see, the bar. See, and I just want the DM to just, every so often, just have, like, you know, the barmaid comes up to you. She wants to know what your order is. I'll see here, brother! <laughs> you have to stay in character. Well, the worst yet is, is that you finally get through most of the whole campaign, and at the very end, like, the the character declares he's retiring from the business of hunting this guy, and then talks in his non-character voice. Like, yeah. he's just a normal dude. He's like, no, I've been doing that to be intimidating. You just sounded weird, though. <laughs> yeah, I was not good at intimidating. <laughs> I'm not even good at coming up with one-liners or threats. They always just seem... Stilted and thought out. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. See, this is why I know you have an, a mild aversion to the system, but this is why I want you in something no. as basic as a D&D game. Mm -hmm. I don't. I love D&D. I played D&D for 12 years before I met my husband. I was going to say, I thought it was your spouse that for some reason had a bad experience with a D20 system somewhere in my mind and therefore he, he, he hates it forever. Somebody touched him's doll with the D20 system. Well, no. Okay. He, he never had a bad experience with dude bros. No. Well, that's part of it. He never listened to this. My husband, one of the remnants of his childhood is to be always avant-garde and not like the popular thing because the popular thing isn't as good as this indie bullshit thing that I like. And what's the popular thing for tabletop? D&D. &D. Everyone he knew ran it, so he was going to be like, I'm going to be edgy and different and run VTM. And then he grew out of that, for the most part, and just stuck with it. That one aspect is like, D20 system suck. Why? D20 system... Has its flaws. Has its flaws. Yeah, but so does VTM. Yes. Uh, All systems do. Not even trying to talk smack about your husband. Yeah. But you've already admitted that he won't listen. Yeah, he's hard to listen. V v vampire Storyteller has a deep and rich combat system. Yeah. That no. your husband doesn't know. No, he doesn't care okay, for it. He doesn't like combat. Here's the thing. <laughs> but tell, he, he tell does him. know celerity makes it broken. Tell I hate him that. that in D&D &D, you can fight someone with a giant halibut. Oh, he doesn't care. Really? He, he would. He would be. That, he wants that to talk his out. way. Up. Okay, I'll give you a thing. That's he has impressive. played one D and D game since we've been married. I hosted a D and D game at my house shortly after we met. Right? Mm -hmm. He played the f most foppish necromancer, and what the rest of the party dress up dolls. That would be great. The yes. rest of the party hated him. 
He builds that's hateable characters. He does though. build hateable characters, yes. You're, and that's his thing. Going yeah. back to talking about Magic the Gathering, your your husband makes hateable things. Yeah. Even your Scion game, he created the most hateable character. Oh. I uh, want to play he, Scion sometime. Yeah, dude. Sundays, alternating Sundays at my house. That's when we do it. It's alternating between Scion and VTM. Y'all are both welcome to, to join. If you want to join the VTM, you have to deal with all of his NPCs that hate everybody and are snarking. I don't know that I want to play his VTMs anymore. No, I, we pushed his character. He got... Okay. This is getting completely off subject. I was going to say... That's have, okay. We, we, have, have we... Props are not a huge topic, so yeah. go ahead. So, the most props recent game stories. of VTM. So, I created a character who is a hitman mm-hmm. in VTM. I made him... Uh, uh, what are the mages? Tremere. Mm-hmm. I made him Tremere so that he could use... Where you're using the new book. So there's this blood magic that you can follow a red ribbon and you can tell where a person's been in the last 24 hours by using their blood or sense the energies from a house to tell who's been there in the last... Yeah. Or be able to read people's memories or tell their clan. So I have aspects. I'm doing all this. And he's a hitman, right? So he wants us to kill this council member, right? All right. And so to get to him, there's three rooms. And this is this is a sign that... My husband does great for building a story, but he doesn't do great for handling it when people go off the range. Yeah. When There's people... these three rooms of trials. Now, he's basically drugged my character. If you, y'all probably are listening don't know this, but my, my husband builds characters that all of their faces become punchable as soon as they start talking. They all <laughs> dick with you. There's not an NPC that will not dick with you. Yes. And I, some of them yeah. are vastly overpowered because he doesn't want you to kill them because he wants to continue to dick with you with them. So I went to a building. Someone gave me a contract for, you know, half a mil to kill this certain individual. So I go to this building to find it. It's basically where vampires get the rights to feed in the city. It's the vampire DMV. Mm-hmm. So we infiltrate <clears throat> there, get there. The person at the, the, the DMV counter, basically, is just being a dick. Being a complete dick. So I mind control someone else to break through the wall. Because I've, I've decided to get to the person at the core of it. I'm going to pretend to be a inspector from, you know, to make sure the operation is running and everything. It's just a prize inspection. Mm-hmm. So I get through there. The next person is completely ignorant and ineffectual at his job. So I was like, this can't be really it. So then there's a character in the shadows. And I was like, oh, well, I know where the real people are, but you have to make a deal with me. So I make a dumb deal with them, you get poof. And then we're met by someone who's like, if you want to proceed, there are three rooms that have three different things. What are so, we playing? Make a deal? Well, yeah, it's like that. So I'm, I'm sitting there going, okay, I'm an assassin. This is, I'm getting way too many people seeing me. This is not how I want to do it. So I pull out, already declared, a silenced gun, right? Mm-hmm. Make a stealth check. Walk up and just shoot the guy in the back of the head because he's talking to someone else. And then go to the next door. And it's like, ha ha, to get past me, you must fence me. And I was like, handy, I still have my gun out. So I gun him down as he runs into the corner. Yeah. And so then we go to the next room. He's like, well, you must feed on a fellow vampire because you must show that you are loyal. I was like, huh, how many, how many of these vampires are here? There's ten of them chained up and they're almost feral. Like, so they'll attack anything, right? Yeah. There's a Vitae that's in this book that you can have corrosive blood. 
So I paralyze the guy that's giving the test, break all the chains, and let them loose to eat him. And then I get to the third room, which is the third test, and the guy doesn't even start the conversation. He's already sitting on a golden dais. He looks like he's going to test me by how well I fuck. <laughs> and my character's already had enough of this. He's listened to speech after speech. And so just ends him outright. And Austin gets mad. And he's like, I set up all these rooms. And all this, like, I, I mean, the door's right there. I solved it. The one thing preventing me from going through the door, I killed. <laughs> You're supposed to pass the test. I did. <laughs> I this murdered Kobo solved it. This yeah. reminds me of the story. I don't know that... I'm, I know I haven't told it on air. But have I ever told you the story about when uh, I had a girlfriend in high school and no, she wanted to she run to run? Oh my God, he had a girlfriend in high school? She was a cardboard cutout. So, I mean, she people just don't run. I mean, yeah, probably, you know, like an old 80s one it, where it's it kind of bent in half and It was faded. unfortunate because it was a cutout of Alec Trebek, but it had a wig, so we count it. <laughs> she wanted to run vampire. Right. Okay. And she wanted everybody to be powerful, so she's, we're, we're running second edition vampire and generation eight and nine. Oh, jeez. Because okay. you start at, what, 13 in that one normally? Yeah, normally. Without buy, you can buy yourself up to eight if you put five dots in background. You can't in the new one. No, no, you can't. All right. So she's like, you're starting out Gen 10 and can still buy five dots of uh, background. Or oh, generation geez. background. And so she wants everybody to be powerful, right? And they're an anime mind person. Okay. We're going to Kamehameha wave half the planet off. And so we got these people that are dominating and uh, uh, the other one where the, the, the entire enthralling crowd's yeah. presence and the, all this it, shit when and blood magic, is powerful, right? no one yeah. is. And <laughs> she sends all five different players individually. You have to go kill this child vampire. Yeah. Okay. And she gives everybody their, their own, this is your mission, and three of the players start working together. We're playing such a high-level game, it's like the child was last seen on this island uh, across from this lake, in the middle of this lake. And island. I'm playing a gangrel. I'd eat the child. <laughs> High enough uh, powerful gangrel, I'm going to turn into a bat and fly across to the island, and then I'm going to confront the kid. Mm -hmm. And we get into this wonderful conversation, and the kid is a kid, and I'm running a gangrel with four dots of animalism and three dots of potency. <laughs> so, so you swallowed the child. So I'm holding the child by its arms and having this pleasant conversation with the child until I'm tired of talking to the child and I ate the child. Yeah. Let's say, om nom nom a gangrel. <laughs> and See, I was hoping that part of that was going to be like, the child runs up to you with playful glee and you're still in an animal form and goes, puppy! <laughs> One of the ones... And mm -hmm. keep going. I was banned from ever running a gangle <laughs> in her games ever again because they're combat monsters. No, yeah. they're not. They just ate your child. No. One of the ones. One of the ones. He let me get away with building a bruja. Uh -huh. And there's advantages and disadvantage system in this one that can power up your stuff. The more disadvantages. And you you said child vampire. So I was like, cool, child vampire. I have yes. no real social. And he's like, okay. 
So I built this thing to buy the books. Could one arm pick up a double-decker bus yes. and throw it if it wanted to? And since he didn't know anything about the combat system, he built all these you know, amazing things. And all he put his dots in was potency for strength and celerity for number of attacks. Mm-hmm. And so we read how it worked, and he, he just kind of brushed over it. So the first thing he has is this very soiree-looking Louisiana uh, Baroness that's like, aha, you can't beat me. I, I said, I'm going to stop you right there. He's like, what? I turn on celerity, okay? Well, she's, is she going to continue for like a good second or two? Yeah, she's, okay. After that second or two, I've ignored her. I'm going to run up to her in the, basically the speed of light and punch her eight times. Okay, because I have, the celerity gives me extra attacks and then I have boosted with blood points and I've done that. Okay, roll damage. Grabs bag of dice. <laughs> he just roll. I think it was like we got it to where he could hit for twenty d twenty in the end, and that's with one hit. And so it's just like, okay, how much HP does it have? You're literally just beating the pavement, and it's colored red at this point. And I had no idea what type of game master he was. He got but, so mad. But he told us this is the same game that I played with you. Is this the game that I like joined halfway through and? basically had to dance with an asshole that was trying to, like, mind-control me. I'm like, you're a fucking human. How are you mind-controlling past me? Mm. That, that annoyed me. He told me it was a bunch of people who had never played before. Yeah. And he's also selling up this story of you're gonna have to kill a hyper-powerful thing, and so I made a combat like a, monster. He gets, he gets mad when your combat just blaringly outstrips his vampire, because he, he has a rudimentary understanding of the combat. But he wants them to be gods. I made a combat monster because I thought I had to carry a bunch of noobs. And then I took jack-of-all-trades, so I had basic three dots and everything. Mm-hmm. Because that's enough that I can get by. Yeah. I'll burn blood and get by. No. Yeah. And then dumped all the points into being a combat god. Mm-hmm. Because I think I'm going to have to be saving three nubs. Yeah. Wasn't that the same game that I had the, the little the child? Job, the, the child, child yeah. yeah. it was yeah. the one that you had the child, because yeah, my character you... loved your child. Yeah, and I had yeah, to retire that made... child. He got so mad at and it. And I made friends with you. I was like, yeah, he can sleep in my bar. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah, when just you're have a... I was just like, yeah, here, have some booze. <laughs> but, I mean, that's the thing. It's like <laughs> it's in a sippy box. I love, I love the stories he builds, but he doesn't understand the combat mechanics to the point that he can... Either his his monsters are too... He needs to learn enough of the combat mechanics that he can fluff it. Yeah, either his monsters are too powerful, or a player that knows what they're doing will raffle stomp whatever's in front of them. Because he wants wants them to negotiate their way and go into high society, and none of the characters... I built Ventru, I built Joff, who's a, a, a Bruja, and then I built this assassin. Not one of them does that. He makes it to where you don't want to run a political person. Yeah, because all the other people are assholes. (laughs) You want to punch them, so build something that punches them and he gets mad. He does this to himself by sheer incident. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was truly starting to go piss off the character. Because every time that I wanted to do something, I was like, I'm supposed to be suave, be able to stare at somebody and go, no, you're going to do this. And then they were like... No, I don't think I am. And I'm like... Yeah. Well, I mean, have you ever... You've seen one of his plays. One of his tamer ones. You've Mm -hmm. never seen his plays. 
That's the way he builds everything, is just a gaggle of assholes. Like, for instance, in his last play, I deeply love that play. Yeah, that that's was the a way good he, play. But were any of the characters in that play... Redeemable? Yeah, or likable. No. No. I mean, I, okay, every person can be redeemable. The presentation of the characters he, as he they were... He never got around to redeeming them. He doesn't like redeeming no, the characters. No, they weren't. At the, <laughs> end of the, at the end of the play... Everyone in the at the end of his plays are all sad because they realize what dicks they are. And yeah, Candace, what you know, Austin doesn't want to play D anD. d Yes, I want him on at a D anD. d table with Balthazar and Adams so bad. Oh, he'll he'll step he'll stand up and walk away. That's what'll happen. Tell me, yes. tell me that's not like a match made in heaven. I want him so bad to play with this group, but for some reason he uh, thinks because I met these guys while I was working at the prison. They're all they're dude bros. bros. But tell me, that wouldn't be the best table. Oh, that'd be freaking amazing. Well, the problem you have is that if anybody gets mad at his character and picks on him, he's out. Like, that's, that's a why weird I'm, phenomenon. No, but that's why I want him with those two guys in particular. They won't make fun of him. They'll pick him up and run with him. Yes. Yeah. Well, like, it will be, wait a minute, this guy's a douchebag. Guess what we can do with him? We can make him a douchebag oh, bomb. Oh, yeah! But, <laughs> interesting thing, though, in the Scion game that I'm running, his original character, Usain. Yes. And I know who the inspiration, who is supposed to be his patron. Yeah. Which I didn't reveal. He's gone. He's now playing a character who's both kind, a professor... Does, isn't addicted to anything, who's ethical, and who's, his patron deity isn't some dark bullshit character. I He's actually make trying to play something different. Scion of Ra? I want to make a Scion of Wukong. Wukong? Roll it hey, up. in the book. <laughs> yeah, roll it up. Because if, if you do, I haven't read the book a whole lot, but if you do, feel free to join me. Because I'm rebuilding the combat system more to be like I D&D. Have... I have that character sheet for yeah. the uh, Scion of Bass. Come still. over. I know. I know. This Sunday, I'm running Scion, and the next Sunday is VTN. And I've still have the two Kopesh. You know. Yeah, and that's the thing. Is like, it's it's. You know, and, <laughs> and we won't. We're talking so about trying to roll across. The we're talking about combat monsters boat. and social games. Yeah. <laughs> I have to bring up this character. I had a friend who was the best at running werewolf games. I want to be in a werewolf game so bad, but he doesn't like werewolves. Like vampires, where it's at. I was like, I want to build a werewolf. I love werewolf. I really do. Werewolf's I, better. I, I want to run. I want to go back to running second ed werewolf. I'm so. a furry, but werewolves are better. Uh, so, how much do you know about werewolf? Not very much. I still have the original hardback somewhere, but I never. All right. Um, remember what I read. I know you are nothing. Born, you're born in one of three stages. Okay, You're either born a wolf, born a human, or born that cool, angry, Kratos, the angry, war form. Yeah, and then you get hated by society, but... Because you're a fucking mule. You're inbred. Yeah. Okay? I made a character who was a bastard child, Krenos. Mm-hmm. And Mommy Dearest, the one who carried him, 
defected to the to the insane crazy uh, black spiral dancer tribe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah the yeah. worms tribe, tribal werewolves. Yeah, the ones that are for the bad guys. They're all the bad guys. Yeah. My friend saw this and thought, "Oh, you made a combat monster." No, I made a dark soul that you can tease him and taunt him with mother and family and all this shit. I give you all these story options. Mm-hmm. And all he saw was Rendy Blender. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you're dealing with two separate ends of the stick. People either want it for the story or want it for the combat, usually, when they get into it. Mm-hmm. My husband happens to be all story and all intrigue and doesn't really care for the combat. And that's fine. That's him. I do have a murder hobo friend, but because of the blend of friends that we have, like, my husband was 100% story mode, mm-hmm. but he would go along with the fighting. Our friend is, like, 100% loves going in with combat and the killy-killy, but he will go in and do yeah. a little bit of story. But the problem is, is that one of my Austin favorite characters is the ST. So yeah. he sets the tone of the world. One of my favorite players from my old group, Nathan. And if Nathan, if you ever hear this, shout out to you, man. You're still one of my favorite characters, our players, period. Nathan was so easy to make a satisfied player. He would pay attention to the story. He was interested in and wants to know where it goes. And to make him happy, all you had to do was a combat every session. Yeah. He wanted to feel powerful because... Nathan, unfortunately, he's uh, born with cerebral palsy and then was hit by a car. Jeez. Yeesh. Okay. Do, 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 when do. He, he, he's, he's got the arm crutches mm-hmm. and he looks like a, he, he lopes like a wolf. Oh, okay. All right. And in, in college age, Nathan loves martial arts, isn't got the body for it, you would think. But man, that boy has a ground game. <laughs> oh, I imagine. Because his arms are nothing but strength, because they're his legs. But I was one of the only people who would give him full contact ground sparring, because I knew not to insult him. I'm not trying to... Your, your physical limitations aren't holding you back. Go ahead and put me in that arm bar, Nathan. Nathan, I have nothing but respect for. Mm-hmm. Okay? But to make him happy, all he needed was a combat, a session, and a good story. Yeah. And... If I could get every player at my table to be interested in, I want to combat because we're all playing this game to feel powerful, mm-hmm. but interested in my story. Oh. Yeah, I'd be happy. Because I, I Perfect love, fighters. I love the story I've built in Scion, but I know of at least two characters, two people that have played it, who have no idea what's going on, don't care. But then they love the combat. And my problem is, is that, on the other hand, I have my husband who... Wants to be immersed in the story because he's finally not dictating everything, so things are surprises to him. But I have to throw in combat for people, and combat pops up. He's like, I have no interest in that. And I'm like, I know. But that's part of the game. Mm-hmm. And I think I've got him interested in combat, though. Good. Because Gorgeous. I'm going to have to build this, but he can be a mage. That summons shadows. His deity kind of works with nightmares and things like that. And I'm like, here we go. And it has like this whole Pokemon kind of collecting legends of different <laughs> monsters and different books and being able to summon them from a book. This is again why I and think that if I could get him at a D&D table with the people I mentioned. Yeah. 
You've he heard about a, a, He needs a table that will not tease him, but also go, Hey, 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 over there. You see that? Look at that. It's a shiny. Baltazar made the orc cook. No. Literally, his healing potions were herbal rubs. <laughs> I'm seasoning myself. If I die, eat me. Yes. And it's a great bringing story into character. Out of curiosity, did he ever die? And if so, did anyone eat him? The game never went that far, unfortunately. Isn't that the, the curse of, D, uh, of these kind of games? Yeah. That they never bit. they never die of... I've only ever had one story storyline ever end. Mm-hmm. And it was so jarring to be like, okay, y'all, y'all save the world. What are we doing for next week? I don't... It was a two-year game, too. But most games, they'll go for a bit, and then the group disbands after a while because of life. Yeah. So they're, they're always unfinished stories. Yeah. If I ever write a memoir as a GM, it's going to be called My Unfinished Stories. Yeah. Nah, not a bad idea. So, props. <laughs> that was very insightful about one issue that we spent 30 minutes on. 30 minutes of what feels like a good conversation, so I'm not you cutting it. So I'm not going to mind it well, because I mean, we also okay, have needed easiest a... Easiest prop, in my opinion, hat. One of my favorites. You know the mechanical pencil lids? Yes. I have one that came in a little metal cylinder, and it's kind of like this toothpick holder. Yeah. But Chick-a-chick. I had a a, a lead Sorry. a pencil lead t- container that was a little smaller than this. Yeah. And my character said, "This vial contains contains the drug that killed my brother," and that mm-hmm. was my prop. Yeah, <laughs> that was it. And I'd just sit there and I'd whittle it around my fingers and I'm like, "Stop! Put this one down because it's got two picks in it and it makes a lot of noise." But I would sit there and I'd whittle it through my fingers. No, more and... editing for you. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, that, that, that clicky clicky is going to stay there, but I'm not going to put it down. But that little prop gave me such a mental foundation to build this character on. Well, yeah, I I played the uh, half cyborg cat girl in your Shadowrun game, and I have from. Uh, my anime convention days, because I would sell stuff, I have leftover hats with cat ears on them. So it's like, yeah, just come over and... Yep. You know, every so often, like, when you're sad, you just kind of take the ears on the hat and you just flop them down a little bit, like... Oh my god. Completely out of context. Have you seen the the ears that actually move of their own fruition based upon your mood? Yes. Yes. Yes, I have seen those. I I can't buy them. Because I'll walk around in public wearing them as a grown-ass man. And it will be confusing, and I will be beaten by people. But those are cool. I'm willing to bet I could probably get away with wearing those at work. You could. You could. Well, at work right now usually means at home. <laughs> you could, okay. you could in walk the around office. in public. You could walk around in public with those ears on. No one would bat an eye. Matt or I would have trouble. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, Challenging I'm, people's testosterone levels. I am yeah. starting to look my age. I no longer look like I'm 22. So you know, oh, let just... me shed a tear for your struggle. 
the good news is, at this point, I don't give a damn about what people's perspective of me is. So I could rock. If, if they weren't expensive, no. I would rock those Well, and, and here's the thing. I think that genuinely, as I was, as telling my husband, people aren't together or with each other because of how they look. Because marry someone or be with someone who you can see yourself being old with and it not making a damn bit of difference. I don't care what I look like. I'm happy in life. I just look this way. Genetics did that to me. Who cares? Because people are far more than the way they look, and I don't know why. If I wanted to wear cat ears or something. I will say I did wear a collar in public at one point. And I got a little bit of guff, but not very much. Back in high school, I made a uh, collar, a tie out of uh, chain, uh, out of chain wallet connections. Oh, really? And I would wear that on the blackout uh, pep rally. No, oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, my principal stopped me and asked me questions, and I showed him how it couldn't be used to actually tighten down, and it was actually, mm-hmm. you know, and he had no problem with it. The the principal that was my freshman class was so large we had two principals over the freshman class mm-hmm. the other Damn. principal the other principal came up to me and asked me hey uh, you can't wear that and I said no, yeah I can I talked to my principal uh, so, uh, Mr. Segura and he has no problems mm-hmm. <laughs> so in your face mm-hmm. but no but mom said I can do it <laughs> <laughs> yeah that usually works if your dad was lazy just like what do you do? Mom said I could. Eh, whatever. One of the props that I have sitting in my garage that I'm waiting for the day that I can use. I used to buy these cigars that came in a glass tube. They had oh, cork, yeah. They had cork tops. Mm-hmm. So I have, They're vials. So I have five big vials. And uh, I used to smoke cigar, and so I have a cigar stand that holds those five that looks like a test tube rack. Yes. I am so going to one day... I've cleaned them, I've sterilized them, I'm going to make either potions that can actually be consumed from the vials, or uh, if I don't plan on them being consumed, they'll be uh, colored sands. Yeah. I mean, you could consume the sand, but... It's not recommended. What you should do is have it as a prop dressing, right? Fill it with, like, an alcohol that you like. That's what I was going to say. And Make then in boost. the middle of a game, just take a swig of one and watch reactions. Like, have it to where you've had them there for, like, four or five sessions. <laughs> Never messed with them, you know? Establish and then if someone it. does something stupid and you're just like, oh, Jesus Christ, we just grab one chug? Yes. <laughs> My wedding license is actually kept in a uh, scroll container. And it's been used as a prop before. We just made sure your hand covered over the, the, the fact that it says wedding license and date on it. <laughs> yeah. But it looks like a it's a, it's yeah. a scroll container. Well, and, and so that's been used as a prop. And the good thing about props is that most people worry that props take away from the game, but there are times when, especially if you have newer players, that visualizing what's going on or visualizing a character is difficult. And it makes it smoother if you can show these props. Because it also makes it remember. Because one of the things that a lot of people forget is if you give your your players a key item, you got about a fifty. If they're newer, you got about a fifty fifty chance that one of them's going to write it down. Mm-hmm. But if they, you phys- hope you have a writer at your table. Yeah, damn. But if, Skippy, a writer is always invited to the table. Oh yeah, but if you have a physical object, then it it reminds them that they have stuff. 
Yes. And to use it. Instead of being like the god of the universe has to come down and, and sheepishly go, you know, there no. you go, <laughs> you remember you got that, uh, uh, poke, poke, poke. <laughs> yes. that Felwer oh. stone over there. Oh, we never wrote that down. Oh, that doesn't mean you don't have it. <laughs> <laughs> Just poof, a backpack. Poof. See, it's, it's always been there. Oh, always has, right there, right next to <laughs> These six other things that you never wrote down. <laughs> oh, now we're just pissing off the god of this universe. <laughs> now, now Damn I'm, your adventuring room. <laughs> I'm about to send this down another, uh... I'm about to send this down another rabbit trail. Oh, wow. Well, that's that's oh, amazing. But, uh, it should just be called Props and... Oh, what's that? <laughs> when I write shiny. the title, I think I might write. Props. Those are shiny things, right? Right, right. Ooh, look at that! <laughs> Ooh! <laughs> Ooh, shiny. Ooh, you know what makes it. a great prop? What? Crochet things? Food. That's true. Okay, so are we now, like, going to be role-playing Ocean's Eleven, where every time somebody comes on, they're having, like, a, a shrimp cocktail or anything? No, anybody? like, you, you make... You, you get a hard cheese plate and a hard salami, uh, like, the and cut a hard yes. pack, and you make rations for mm, a snack. Yeah, that ain't a bad. Yeah. Also, like... You make a feast, and you actually cook a ham. Yes. That give me an excuse to cook, which I always like. This, this group has talked about our culinary expertise. You know, yeah. it'd be fun. We had a little conversation for, like, 30 minutes before the game about fried chicken. This I'm, is true. I'm gonna win that. But, <laughs> but... Uh, once again, this is going back to, I think, the most fucking talked about video game that I've talked about on here. Monster oh, Hunter World. <laughs> I was going to say Street Fighter, so. Well, yeah, I don't know. Street Fighter is pretty good. Monster Hunter World. There's actually, you can find people that actually have cooked those feasts that you get. I've always wanted to do that. Have it like where people come to a game and it starts in a tavern. Just like thump it down on them. And have the character just start talking to them. And eating. And seeing their reactions, if they're like, can, can we eat it? Can we not? Can of course, you're in a tavern. Here, have a leg of lamb. You know, I, did like that that. I did that once. I did that once. I did oh, a ham fantastic. and a turkey. Like, I had the Thanksgiving spread, except it wasn't Thanksgiving. It was nice. D&D themed. So I had, like, uh, I don't know how I... Me? I, no. Oh. Uh, no, this was the group that didn't drink. So it was me with that my one honey whiskey over here and everybody else with... Fucking so <laughs> You've been given the gift of the drink of the. Okay, I have the, I have the cellar. I'm going to make mead, and I want to have that served at a D and D night some night. Yes. See, because uh, recently, because I have to move to a new uh, apartment unit, mine has some carpet damage. So <laughs> they're like, "You have to move now." I'm like, ah, oh, damn it! I hate packing. But in doing so, I have unearthed things that I forgot that I had made. And I found a pair of crocheted gauntlets that I had made. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, you've seen these. But, so I have figured out ways of uh, anyone who is crafty knows, you know, how knitters can, like, do that little snaky, braided-looking thing. Yeah. I figured out how to do shit like that in crochet. Hell Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, go. I have a pair of gauntlets that were supposed to be link gauntlets, and I found them. I'm like, yes, I'm like, I could wear these when I'm a monk. There you Fuck go. Fuck yeah. 
There you go. You know, I'm, and now I'm like, what else could I crochet? Well, and and the usefulness of that in props is also that not everybody that's, especially if we're talking store games, some people are in multiple games, mm-hmm. and you want yours to be memorable, mm-hmm. and you want people to be able to pick up where you left off. Like me and my husband right now are alternating games. And due to COVID, we've had a huge break. And so getting back into them, like this is our first week of ETM, picking up where you left off is hard. But if you have something that's memorable, that's not just, oh, remember the story when, but like just thump down a physical object big, okay, the box, like we're on the box or something like that. Like one of the the things I want to do is I run uh, a game that has a bunch of mythology linked to it. And one of the fun things about mythology is there's a lot of puzzles and things like that that are in, especially in Greek Greek heritage stuff. And there's there's a website called Art of Play. Mm-hmm. And you can get wonderful cards from there. I, I buy cards from there because I mess around with card tricks. I'm not great at them. But they also have puzzle boxes and all these different kinds yes. of things that you can mess with. And so you can just thump down a puzzle box. And a lot of puzzle boxes come with actual compartments to put stuff in mm-hmm. Ooh. and you can be like here so my my lockpick set of uh trainer over there it's mm-hmm. got five levels of difficulty it's actually just five le- different tumblers i got I, I got up to or past level three on that yeah yeah i, I want to set those down uh level uh the the one tumbler is a 5 dc two mm. tumblers a 10 dc Three is a fifteen, four is a twenty, five is a twenty-five. Yeah, I want to just set those down at the table someday. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's wonderful ways. That what you is can make your it, rogue level? Yeah, there's wonderful ways you can make it more intricate and more interesting. Because like, there there's some things that don't transfer well into a system, a tabletop system, and like solving a puzzle box. Because yeah, yeah. oh, you have a puzzle box. I want to solve it. Okay, roll. You solved it. That didn't feel like solving a puzzle box. That didn't feel like anything. Yeah. Yeah. But you want to have something like that in the story, and you're just like, oh, there's a mysterious box. I go to see if I can open it. I roll to open it. All right. It it, it has puzzles. I roll to do the puzzles. All right. I love those. Uh... They, they look like maps taken out of an encyclopedia, force-aged, and then laid out on wood that somebody then beat with a hammer to put a bunch of indentations on. I love having those in the game room. Yeah. They just They're feel flavor. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, um, and uh, along with just props that are representative in the game, one of the things that in a previous game that had been hosted at my place was one of the characters started keeping a diary. And she was... I can't remember what her race was, but she was essentially a mermaid, elfish type girl. Loved, yeah, okay. loved the water, maybe have been like half gin or something like that. But um, anyways, she kept a diary and was extremely not familiar with the human world. And would put in, you know, character would write diary entries and then sometimes, you know, show to the GM and he'd laugh his ass off and we'd pass them around. And these were great because she didn't understand, like, the concept of flirting. Mm-hmm. So, you know. I love creative players like that. You know, and we had 
our bard who had started taking levels in Warlock mm-hmm. because they had found a secret item that needed like a Warlock and our other player Warlock, which was my husband, he was like, yeah, I already do those things and nah, I've got my fey gods that I cannot anger. So she decided, I'm going to, you know, carry these things. And, you know, you already have a bard who was an insult bard. Mm-hmm. Starts taking on a little bit of warlock. And the patron was just this asshole demon that was like, Aren't you going to find the next artifact? And just kind of like influencing him a little bit more to the dark side. You know, they have cookies. <laughs> You know, and she's like, sure, I'll explain this human world to you, fish girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's you a know, lot of ways you And can do the that. diary is just like going through these things, and she's like, it's so strange. Well, like, okay, like the diary thing you're talking about, or a player did that, there's also a prop that uh, one I'd love to do, and I might do it in Scion soon, is I want to buy a notebook, and have diary entries from someone, rip it out, and whenever they find an entry, just hand it to them. Oh, hell yeah. Be like, this is what you found. And so slowly and surely, oh, yeah. you're seeing like the misadventure of someone hundreds of years ago. Oh, I what they're learning is all the same. I would way. love it if like you had like page numbers on some of them, but some of them are like a little bit torn, so you don't know what page yeah. it is, and you're like, "When was it? What's the date on it? I don't know. This one's not dated. It's a continuation from another page." Yeah, and like, <laughs> like for example, and I don't know if y'all are going to join the game. This might be a little bit revealing for what the next session is eh. next arc. There is an old forgotten god that is leading this woman astray to do things for him so that he gains powers and comes back. But when things start happening, it's going to have start having parallels, and they'll start running into a more modern-day version of him. And when they get more of a description, the more they can put together what's happening. Because he's going to be completely kind, wonderful, and, and loving and helpful. Yay, benevolent. Yeah, he's not going to play himself like a villain. I don't like villains that are just the villain. But he's the whole you catch more flies with honey kind of figure. Something that something that experienced storytellers start realizing is no one's the villain of their own story. Yeah, exactly. Thanos thought he was a hero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like there, there's very few people even like take it into real life, even people that are serial killers they're not doing it because they're like, I'm angry and I'm a villain. They have a problem. Yeah. But it, they don't see that as their fault. No, they see nope. it as something beyond their control or yeah. an impulse or, they can't control. Or, or, they, or they think they're purifying or They think that they're, yeah, purifying things because those they're, people are just evil. and problems. Or, yes. One of my favorite kind of villains. They're making the world better by getting rid of these archetypes? issues. One of my favorite kind of villain archetypes to throw into games is the zealot. Yes. Who's getting a leadership of yep. people. And there's a real problem that he's addressing. Like, there's an overpopulation because, like, you know, one kingdom got destroyed and most of their citizens fled and immigrated to this other kingdom. And so he thinks his kingdom's going to shit and their people are being misrepresented. So we're going to get these people out and we're going to find them a new place. And he figures out he can't do that. So it slowly becomes where he's killing them. Sort of mm-hmm. the whole Hitler film, but 
He thinks he's doing what's right for everyone. He thinks he's doing what's yep. right for everyone. He's fixing his kingdom. Yeah, so there's not this, oh, he's going to have a dastardly plan. No, he's walking through the streets recruiting people, and you can't just run up and stab him. Yep. Because he has an entire ideology and a group of people following him. Yeah. You have to find a way to stop him, but it's not going to be some grand, I have a murder machine, and I hate people. Nobody kills people because they hate people. Because they just hate mankind. That's not really a thing that most people have a problem with. Yep. Your entire D&D campaign is paced around finding masons and carpenters and whatnot to slowly build them another town. My one of my favorite one of my favorite games that I ever had was I didn't run it, but I had a friend run it, where the players slowly started to realize that all these quests and things they're doing is making them the villain. <laughs> because, yeah. you know, they're like, oh these these goblins and stuff because it, it took advantage of the fact that no one ever talks to your enemies. And so what they were doing was systematically eradicating different groups of people that were sentient, that didn't know why they were there, and they got to be like, yes, but they're, they're mind-controlled by this overarching villain, and you have to go and kill them. They are always of this race. And they'll go do that, or, you know, they'll, they'll go and they'll dig up these artifacts and be like, yes, yes, bring them here, because evil people will want to get a hold of them. And slowly and surely... The evil person getting a hold of him is the person sending him out on the quest to begin with, because he's too feeble to get him himself. <laughs> but like, I love, I love, I love. If you ever go to like, that sounds bad. I can't think of a better way to say it. Those little shitty witch or you know apothecary kind of feeling shops that have yeah, new all, age. The, all the bullshit that's not real. The new age blue shops. The new ones age blue shops in the mall. Yeah. Those have great trinkets that are worthless and stupid, but are great for D and D. Those are amazing props. Yeah, you can always find like things that you, you know, find an artifact. And just as long as we're talking about something that I think needs to be brought up in the My conversation house is of props, filled with those stupid little trinkets. I love those stupid little trinkets, so don't feel, don't feel bad. Ain't gonna heal you, but you know they're still fun. Um, yeah. As long as you appreciate them aesthetically, I see no problem with it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> They go great on mantles. We're, we're, we're playing vampire, right? Mm -hmm. We got a blood pool. You know one of my favorite props that's not a prop? Poker chips for how many blood points you have. I see that ain't bad. You know why? I have an entire cooler, like the little hard-cased lunch coolers, out in the little closet that's off of my porch, filled with poker chips. My husband was not a gambler. But I have so many poker chips. I would I, I would buy those off you because <laughs> I do play poker and I don't have any poker chips right now. I have two nice. I have a cheap poker set and a nice poker shit set, just for using for gaming props. Yeah, and it has two unopened packs of bicycle cards. Oh, you can always use bicycles. Bicycles are lovely. I, I'm a Cardamundi fan myself, but USPCC is is perfectly fun. You know why bicycles always acceptable? Because bicycles never look fucked with. No, they never look and they're the most fucked with cards ever. People assume you can't fuck with bicycle cards. You get, you get nice looking cards and people are going to believe that they know how you did the trick just because, because the they, cards are different. Because you fucked with cards. Yeah. But you get a standard set of bicycles and nobody assumes that you've done anything to them. Yeah, and 9 out of 10, they're strippers or they're, they're, uh, mm -hmm. they're stacked or they're in a different Spengalis order. Spengalis yeah. or there's 
like four different ways that you can mark them that's easy to tell. Bicycle makes sense for every dumb trick ever. Yes. Wark. Yeah. Yeah. Love bicycle cards. Wark. And you can get double backs for them, and you get mm-hmm. blanks for them. Well, the only reason I never use bicycles is because I'm not great at the the palming and stuff, but they're too thin. But Cardamunde, there are three tens, mm-hmm. work great for me. They just, I think the only thing that Cardamunde ever put out with those is a stripper deck, and I don't ever have, I don't ever have use for a stripper deck. <laughs> and none of my tricks, like my ambitious card routine, has no use for a stripper deck. Yeah. Okay, well then here's a question for you. Your props. Mm-hmm. Would you rather have on your table something that someone made and they are attached to, so it helps them connect more with your story? Or would you rather have, like, oh, I went to Walmart and I picked up this your styrofoam cowboy hat and, uh, but we're not playing a western. Well, it Is de- it helping depends. them? Yeah. If it's helping them and not distracting other people, I don't care. Well, okay. Well, here's here's the difference. Like, I think if they make their own props, that's great. I think if you're gonna buy props, you know, like not the cheaper, like, but like we we're talking about earlier, like the puzzle box, they have to serve a purpose that's similar to what they do in real life. But that's what they I mean. To... Like, what if you have the guy that just comes in and you're like, we're playing an under the sea like submarine type war game and you just walk up in here um you know week seven and, and now you have a cowboy hat well he ain't gonna have it in the game <laughs> he's gonna have what? it on his head but it's not gonna be in the, you know and he's like well, this is my lucky cowboy hat so and we were gonna go attack him and when, where'd this Where lucky you cowboy this hat? From? yeah i think i think if yeah. you do props i think and this sounds horrible I think with some amendments to this concept, obviously people that are crafty and make their own things. But if you if you want to have props, it's good to have a regulation of it that all the props that enter the game, the items that they get and stuff, come from you. Because then they stay on theme, they stay in type, you know, that they're, they're not like, I have a sword of this, and some dude brings a bastard sword to your house. Not that I'm against swords. I'm fine with swords. But, you know, some asshole that's a sword collector brings a sword to your house. If they're idiots, someone's going to start swinging that just to be a dick. I have a sword that's out. That's why I am a fan of my crocheted items, of which I, I will bring a pokeball to a game and go, this is fireball. Yeah. You like, know, that'll work. And, and throw the thing at people, in which case that generally turns into its own game. I have a sword out in the garage that a friend <laughs> pulled off the wall and swung a full metal sword at somebody else. No. And, and the sword in question has chinks on the blade because it was used to block said sword. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, there's some people mm. that can be age-appropriate. Like, people. for instance, if you own a or, gun, you're, stupid you're not going to leave it on the table okay. in a game session. Yeah, you're not going to use a real firearm for your prop. Yeah. Like, no, I mean, go to Walmart, buy a squirt gun, and spray paint it black if you want it to look realistic. Ta-da! Yeah. Like, I'm sure there's people here at the table that would have a group of people that would actually be responsible and probably not even touch the dumb thing on the table. Mm-hmm. But, like, then it doesn't serve a purpose. But then you got me I'm and my husband the game without who, even the... Uh, Magazine. Magazine, yeah. exactly. Me and my husband, who have no training in firearms and wish to not have any training, don't hate them. Long story, we don't need to have a gun. Yeah. Um, yeah. And none of our friends, because a lot of them come from, like, the theater or things like that, I wouldn't trust some of them with a spork. 
So you gotta yeah. have props that are appropriate for things. Cause like, or another one like open fires, like candles and stuff, works great with adults. But if you have some of those really stupid people, if this has happened to me, there's a scene that's candlelit and he's, you know, giving because vampire and he's giving like some oration about something, and all of a sudden you see someone with their character sheet inching closer and closer to one of the candle flames. And you're like, come on, this is my house. Please Pastor don't burn it down. Not your IQ. Yeah. <laughs> And the it, dude was, was 20 point, something. And I'm like, dude, stop it. <laughs> at which point you're like, that's it. <laughs> you know why we can't have nice things? <laughs> you, you bring out those little uh, electric LED, LED table lights. Yeah, those the tea lights. The little tea lights that <laughs> you turn on and they just flicker so like like they're having a spasm. Like the ones that you used to find at like those little like. Uh, uh, um, you know, Christmas villages that people would have in the desk. Yes. Like little flicker into it. But there is there is the problem of props that are... You you have a prop to, for instance, set a mood. Yeah. So let's say you have a, a map out there. It has a grid. And everybody has their miniatures. That sets one certain mood. You don't then, as the Kraken opponent, take out a stuffed octopus and put it on the table. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you do, but for some people, it's a cute stuffed octopus. They're going to get caught in on that and be like, oh, it's adorable. And then they're going to try to transfer it into the game. Like, is it a giant stuffed octopus there? No, it's a kraken. It's very scary. (laughs) In in D&D 3.5, I had stats for gummy bears as monsters and spilled soda ooze. Because if you spilt it on my game map, it you are going happen. to be attacked by it. It yes. happened. But I mean, like, there's some things, like, you gotta keep it. And I like, I like, uh, and it depends on how much, you know, disposable income you have. Because you can go from anything from, like, you know, right here, I would tap on the table, but then I'd be immediately punched in the face. Is a whiteboard table that you can draw your map on. Mm-hmm. Fairly inexpensive, does the job, does a good job of doing it, and it's very versatile. Oh, and then. I love this whiteboard table. And then you have things that are from, like, Dwarven Forge. Yeah. Have you ever seen oh, yeah. Dwarven Forge? You oh, want to cap yeah. up a whole wallet of money for like ever? You can get these these models that come together, that build walls, that build rooms that are, you know, just fucking amazing. They're amazing and I will never own one. <laughs> like <laughs> I think, because I remember looking at it... Because I still have bills to pay. Yeah. Once I pay off the house. Yeah, that's the the thing. Like, the starting one of one of their general dungeon sets is like $1,200 starting. And then you have these add-ons you can add. Yeah, I'm not not addicted to tattoos. I'm slowly getting tired of being a console gamer. I mean, I'm honestly predicting the PS5 will be my last console to buy. Maybe. Um, I, I read more books than I play consoles nowadays, which is sad. Yeah, it's, it's slowly become... The sad truth is I'm playing I'm my, I'm playing my iPad yeah. I, more than my console. I play WoW still a little bit, not as much as I did when I was younger. I just have amassed such a collection, and it's... It's beyond a hobby or anything for me now. It's just all of my art supplies. I'm like, I need to try them all and have them all and make all the things. Mm -hmm. I don't have time to make all the things. Console for me was a step towards what I'm going to. Because I originally built my own computer. Mm -hmm. Well, as well as you could back in the day, Pentium 1, waiting at Walmart for it to come out. (laughs) But I built that computer. 
And then six months later, I wanted a game. So I had to improve the computer, improve the computer. And then I got to the point where I was like, ah, oh, screw it. Oh, you have consoles? This is going to last me several years? Mm-hmm. Cool, we'll play this. And now it's like, man, am I tired of shelling out $400, $500 for a console? I got books. Those those will never be unbackwards compatible. Or I've got a phone game, and I'm always going to have to have a new phone anyways because my phone will die. Because mm-hmm. I never buy the new phone. It's like with all the bells and whistles. No, my phone is, am I putting this in the freezer to get it through the day yet? <laughs> I, 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 I buy a two-year, I buy a year-old, two-year-old phone, and I keep it until it's just about on its last leg. Uh, I buy and another then, one, and then I buy another two-year-old phone. Yeah. And at this point, as much as I hate to admit it, I'm I'm stuck in the Apple environment. So it's like, yeah, welcome to that void. My husband put me there. I can't dig my way out to an Android ever again. Okay. So as an example of myself, I am in this group as well. Because the last brand new phone that I had before my current Samsung, you know, 10S, so fancy, was the Apple 5S. That was the previous fancy phone I had. That lasted me up till practically this year, mm-hmm. and then I upgraded. So I'm probably going to go another almost seven years before getting a new phone because I'm like still makes phone calls, still still takes pictures, it connects oh. to the internet. Why do I need to upgrade this? You know what? Another sad example of that is, <laughs> I got a brand new Asus laptop. Mm-hmm. Uh, my friend who's a programmer who's trying to get me into programming. I love you, programmer. Y'all are wonderful, but the minutiae will kill me. Mm-hmm. Like, I hate programming. I I, I can I've do done it a little bit of it. I I've, can no. do it. I've done some of it, but I remember sitting down, going, "I'm going to claw my eyes out." Yep. I kind of wish that I could like justify going back and learning modern code languages yeah. because I could probably make money doing so. I yeah. enjoy coding. Yeah, and C sharp was what I was learning, <laughs> but I have this brand new computer. And he's like, well, it has all this, you know, technology. It's up to snuff. It's really amazing. So I get it. I have so far surfed the internet with it, played Magic Online with it, Magic Arena, I mean, and Hearthstone. I have not even played anything with any 3D modeling in it whatsoever. (laughs) My poor laptop took a tumble, and so it doesn't close anymore. But this laptop runs Skyrim and Fallout 4. It's a good little laptop. Now I want to buy a gaming computer because I want to set up my desk. Yeah. I love my desktop, and I also love my Apple. And at one point, my desktop was in desperate need of upgrading. Mm-hmm. So this was before my husband built his new computer, which that thing is a behemoth, I'm and a I'm now in, I'm now inheriting it. But uh, at the time. My Apple laptop was better than my desktop. And he's like, you can just play games on that. And I just looked at him like, no. <laughs> no. Because if, if you I'm do like, anything for work on your laptop, don't ever put games on it. That's what yeah. I learned. I'm going to sit down and do writing today. And I put Hearthstone on there. And I was like, oh, man, I got writer block. I've already, I've already outlined this, this chapter and the next chapter, but I don't know what I want to do with it. I'm kind of tired. It's a little bit late. I've been at this for two hours. <laughs> Five hours Hearthstone. later. <laughs> I am so glad that audio editing takes a good amount of uh, 
RAM processing because otherwise I would be terrible about like having Magic Forge open yes. in the background <laughs> while I'm editing. Nope, nope, nope. Takes too much uh, RAM and that kills the Java's uh, mm-hmm. emulated. Yeah, app. because that uh, that laptop is 100 there percent there for Adobe products. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm like. Adobe, Adobe is expensive, but once I get back into it and I open it up, there ain't room for anything fucking else. Oh, what gave my husband almost conniption fits is whenever he moved in, so about four or five years ago, because we've been dating for years before that, but I had a tablet. Mm-hmm. This tablet okay. was a tablet from Walmart. Mm-hmm. Okay. From 2012. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I still pay my bills using it. That's all that tablet does. Is I just fire it up and pay my bills online that I have. Mm-hmm. And he saw me with it. He's like, What is that? Oh, it's my tablet. Does it run any games? I was like, I don't think it understands games. Like, it, it, it does not. It can't, it can't even run Hearthstone. So he's like, Well, why don't you get a new one? I just pay bills with this. But you could have so much a better tablet. And it'd pay bills too. But why don't you get a new one? I'm not just paying bills. Leave me alone. <laughs> it's like I have an iPad that's really good at playing games and stuff. It's, it's, it's iPad Gen 6. It's the thing I like to play around with. That you I can also, use the Apple Pencil for, you heathen. I have drawing programs on there. You want to play with the Apple Pencil drawing, you can play with the Apple Pencil drawing. I just like having precise things to play touch game with. Yeah. But I also have cheap, nasty old tablets. You know why I keep those old tablets around? You have a daughter. Not only do I have a daughter who loves my Gen 1 iPad for Netflix, but you know why I keep those around? They make great PDF viewers. Yeah. When I I invite a group to play games, I buy my game books as PDFs now. Mm -hmm. I'm running the game off my laptop anyway. I may as well have the rules on there. And if I've got the PDF and I put it on my iPad and my other iPad and the daughter's iPad and the two uh, tablets, now I have six copies of the book I can hand to the people at the table that want to flip through through it to find a rule. Yeah, and that's like my sign book. I don't just make sure that you hand them a Clorox wipe with it as well. Well, oh shit! What's even interesting is we have people that now have their character sheets on their phone, which boggles my mind. I hate that. For myself, at least. For me, I don't. But it works for them. They're like, oh, I have... And then they roll whatever dice they have in that. And I'm like, that seems so antithetical to everything that has been a tabletop in my life. I'm not going to lie. It's so tiny. That's my problem with it. I would run... I would have my character sheets... If I'm going to be invited to a D&D game, I'm going to go and show up with a character sheet that's been printed out. But when it's time for me to update my notes and stuff, it's all going on my laptop. Yeah. Except now my laptop can't close, so... Oh. I I am the asshole who has ranted multiple times before that I love my books more than tablets because my book will never run out of battery and I will never have to sign into my sketchbook. Oh, I will say this for the book versus tablet thing. And this is the dumbest excuse. I like both. (laughs) And this is the dumbest excuse. Tablets don't smell like books. Yeah. No, I completely agree with you. I, I can't. That. I can't. Like, I will order books off Amazon, and I'm I'm the kind of person that will wait till no one's looking, and then furrow the 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 pages like an inch away from my face and be happy about it. Yes. I'm packing my own books and doing that. 
You know, I'm sitting in a corner like Gollum, packing books because I, one, I hate packing, so I look like Gollum doing it. Uh But two, I'm also smelling books like they're heroin and going, my precious. Yes. Well, we've gone for about an hour and seven minutes so far. Well, that's about props. (laughs) (laughs) Talking about props for a whole lot of ten minutes. Do we have any closing closing thoughts on? Clothing Clothing thoughts. If you're going to wear clothes, do so responsibly. Closing thoughts. Come on, folks. We generally do advise that you go to your game clothed. Don't forget pants. Always check for pants before you leave. I mean, at no. least have on like you know, you know, like a frock or like. It, you or, know how many people? What do sh- they call loincloth? That's the word I'm. Samurai wait, diaper. A frock to a loincloth. <laughs> samurai diaper. You must be wearing at least a samurai diaper. <laughs> you must have your what is it in, in sumo? Your Oh, I'm gonna get hated for this. I used to watch a lot of sumo, the wasubo or something like that, like that. Yeah, I don't know. Have to have that, I'm not people the samurai diaper. Yeah. No closing thoughts. Okay, yeah, this was a rambling episode. I'm sorry, but no, we had not. fun. No, and if you're listening to this, I hope you had fun. But there is there is something to be gained in games by putting a physical object to a mental description that do help a lot of people, especially kinesthetic people. Not everybody say, especially can, people that have a hard time focusing. Yeah, not everybody can can hear something and visualize it very well, but if you put different cues onto things, it's not only making it more real to them, it's also connecting the dots for the rest of the story. Mm-hmm. See, I can see it also helping pull those people that are your chronic... Your chronic people that are always in their phone, just nose in the phone, playing some sort of game where every so often they forget to turn off the sound and you're <laughs> might help break them out of their phone because yes. they've got something to focus on other than the phone. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know. And again, like we it's commented the with the music, if you're doing it right, it does take a lot more effort than just throwing something together. But it can be a lot of fun. It can be good. Mm-hmm. Um, you can enrich your game with it. Be careful with it and don't let it become the focal point. Yeah. yeah. You're not doing a one-act, people. Yeah. Especially if you have something like Hacky Sex or from video games like I make Power Star, the uh, Invincibility Star or Pokeballs. and Those have distracted games for upwards of Five plus minutes. Okay, I have to at least say this before I go. The best crocheted item I ever had that was used as a game prop was used for an actual purpose, not just as a game prop. But if you've ever had those games, and this is when I was younger, where people jam, you know, like, trying to be the bard that fucks everyone or things like that. Okay. It is a square chicken. It is literally a, well, not a square, it is a cube that looks like a chicken. And if you don't want to say anything and be mean, you just hand it to them. It is a block, and it is a chicken. It's a cock block. It's a cock block. And if the GM hands it to you, stop it. <laughs> so we actually had, at our table for a while, this this cube chicken that if I got mad, I'm not going to explain to these people, you're being a horn dog to a fictional character who happens to be represented by me, and this is getting very uncomfortable at this point. I'll just hand you this cube chicken. 
you know, this is going to give us our topic for the next week's conversation, and I know it's going to be an RPG-heavy month because it's definitely an RPG concept, but there's a concept from uh, Powered by the Apocalypse called the X-Card, and we're going to have an adult conversation about that next week. But I'm going to have to research what that is. Now I need to know if, like, you guys are going to ask me to make an Amigurumi cube chicken. No, Just I'm not. Amigurumi Minecraft chicken. I'm not going to force you to. I didn't say my force, I said ask. If, if she wants just, to make one. If, if you're looking for an excuse, I'll ask. If you're, if you're not I'm not looking for a, an excuse. I made a uh, creeper once, and that bastard was fucking annoying. Mm-hmm. Uh, but next week we'll talk about the X card, because that's something that it works with our adult conversations. Yay, next week I get to learn what the X card is. Ah, well, you'll, you'll learn right after this uh, recording. Oh, we'll damn. Have a quick conversation. The more you know. That's not always true. But, <laughs> <laughs> I've been scarred with that sound. For now, we'll thank Kevin McLeod from Incompetech.com for providing our uh, wonderful intro and outro music, Faster Does It in uh, Darkseid Land. And say thank you guys for tuning in for our rambly because that's pretty much what this episode was. This yeah. good ramble. Yeah. Mm, thank you. Ramble. Bye. Bye.